food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. I always love talking to seasoned food bloggers, people who are in our industry and in our niche, but I also love talking to people outside of our niche to get a little bit different perspective on our businesses. And this is exactly what happened in this episode. Megan Gonzalez, she is from Nurture Knitwear. She is a knitting blogger had a great perspective on building email lists for us, for food bloggers, by using PDFs and video. And we talk about this pretty extensively inside of the episode, but I think this will give you a little bit of a renewed perspective on how to grow your list quickly. It'll give you some good, inspiring ideas. This is episode number 397, and it is sponsored by Rank IQ. Hey there, we are putting together an AMA episode. AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. Coming up here on the eBlog Talk podcast, and we would love your help with this project. Submit questions that you would like for me to answer in episode number 400 that will be published on April 10th. Ask me anything about myself, productivity, planning, food blogging, any of those topics that I talk a lot about. I will do my very best to get an answer for you. Send me an email at megan at eatblogtalk.com with AMA as the subject line and ask away. Megan Gonzalez is the knitter behind Nurture Knitwear, and she strives to create a chic, casual style for modern women. At Nurture Knitwear, they are focused on empowering women to carve out a little creative space for themselves to learn, to find peace and satisfaction, and to refill so that they can keep pouring out into the lives of those we love. Hey, Megan. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to join you, Megan. Yes. Well, we have an exciting chat today. We're going to talk about building your email list, using PDFs and video quickly, doing that quickly. But before we do that, I would love to hear if you have a fun fact to share with us. Yeah. Um, so I use food blogs all the time. I'm on Pinterest and Google and always searching for something interesting for to cook for our family. And there was one night just last month that I had some mushrooms that like this was the last day they were going to be good and I had some frozen chicken uh, and some pasta and so I typed in mushroom chicken pasta and found this great recipe and as I'm cooking and I'm having to I don't have the right kind of pasta and my chicken is prepared slightly different and all these things I just had this really interesting moment of because I'm I'm a knitwear designer, I'm not a food blogger, but I had this like real moment of kinship with the food blogger of okay, so I'm I'm using some slightly different ingredients and I'm I'm thinking she would probably feel about what I'm doing, how I feel about when people are like, well can I use a different weight of yarn in a different style and all these things. And I'm like yeah, of course you can, but I I can't guarantee your results. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh my gosh. We all feel that. We all get those comments that are like, I changed half of the recipe, but why doesn't it taste good? Like, well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm glad that you felt that kinship and kind of a 
a bonded understanding of what it's like, right? And both from a user perspective and from a food blogger perspective. So that's awesome. So you are a knitter. You, yeah, what are you, I just am curious, what are your favorite things to knit? I knit everything you can wear. I love knitting sweaters, cardigans, and shawls, and cowls, which are like, like, oh, yes, little love cowls. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people, they're like, what's well, a cowl? Um, so it's a little thing that goes around your neck, and I love it. I like them better than scarves because you don't have to fiddle with them at all. You put it on and you're done for the day. And I just started knitting socks, which has been oh. a great experience. So um, I love to knit all the wearables. Oh, that's so awesome. So my mom taught me to crochet when I was young. So I've done that my whole life. But knitting, I never got into and she now is gone. And I'm like, dang it. I wish I would have had her teach me that because I think it's it's so different, right? Because you use the two knitting needles versus just one crochet hook. So it's like a whole new world. Yeah, it's quite different. But if you know how to crochet, it will actually make your passage into um, knitting easier. You just want to knit continental instead of English style. And because I was, I actually crocheted for 21 years before I picked up knitting needles. Ah. And I had tried to learn a few times before and failed. I mean, like utter disasters kind of failed. <laughs> but then I was a new mom. I had uh, a one-year-old and we had moved when she was six weeks old to Wisconsin, which was, um, six hours away from my family. I knew absolutely nobody there. And that first winter hit and it was absolutely brutal. I was so isolated and um, just like really kind of into just, it was just me and my baby. And, uh, and it was so cold. Like it was brutally cold. I did not understand what cold was (laughs) there. And so then it started to thaw out, you know, in like, May. Yes, early June. <laughs> and and so I was like, all right, the warm weather is starting. People are getting out. I have to make friends now if I'm going to survive this next winter. And so that led me to a local yarn shop um, called The Lost Sheep Yarn Shop. And it's a phenomenal place if you're ever in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And I started going to their knitting night. And I was the only crocheter and everybody was like, you should learn how to knit. You should learn how to knit. And I'm like, I have a one-year-old. <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> do anything. I have no brain whatsoever. And they, but they kept going, you should learn. You should learn. You would like it. And I just kept seeing all these beautiful things that they were making. Because crocheting is great for, for scarves and blankets and home goods and like crocheting is wonderful, but it is not as great for Garmin. Yeah. And I, you know, crocheting for 21 years at that point, I had literally made three blankets for everyone in my family and had like was running out of places to give them away even. So I learned for my birthday that year. Oh, that's awesome. And I just took to it like, like nothing I've ever taken to before. Well, that's inspiring. It was really wonderful. And um, I, I had started crocheting when I was seven. And so I, I learned, or I might have been six. I learned to crochet before I even learned how to read. And oh my goodness! I grew up in rural Indiana. I had no access to crocheting patterns. I mean, we didn't really even have the internet at that point, like not where we were. And 
So I, I didn't know how to read crochet patterns. I wasn't accustomed to using them. And I just kind of brought that with me into knitting. And everybody was like, you're knitting that without a pattern. What do you mean you're knitting that without a pattern? <laughs> well, but I mean, that's just, yeah. I mean, I, I want it to look like this and I, I see it in my head. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to make it happen. And I can. Right. So they encouraged me to start writing them down and posting them up on Ravelry, which is, it's like Facebook for knitters and crocheters, um, but it's like a marketplace as well. So um, it's a really cool spot. If you, if for anybody out there who knits or crochets, you can get lots of great patterns and just chat with other people. And so they encouraged me to start putting them up there. And um, I very, very quickly got into it. So a year after I started knitting, I started publishing patterns every month. And that turned into two patterns every month. And like it just kind of blossomed from there. And so I've been publishing patterns for about two and a half years now. But I had just kind of been doing it, you know, as I could. I I was publishing on a regular schedule, but I was basically just doing it all on Instagram, which is a whole way to do things. As we all know, and I should have known better, because you're sharecropping. You're building your entire platform on somebody else's land, and they can take it out from under you at any time, which Instagram has been doing a lot of recently. So I had been hearing forever, okay, you you need a blog, you need an email list, you need an email list, you need an email list, you need an email list. I'm like, "Ah, I know, I know I should have one, but I don't have the time. I really, really wish now that I had made the time a lot earlier. Yeah. But you live and you learn. Right. So I started my email list about midway through last year. And over the course of six months, collected about 70, 75 email addresses, which for not doing anything or really (laughs) anything was not bad for doing nothing. (laughs) But definitely not going to help me sell a boatload of patterns. Right. Uh, So, but during this last fall, I had been doing all the behind the scenes setup to get my blog going. And I I had blogged once before, before beginning knitting. I was, I was a writer. I was a fiction writer and I had tried blogging then and I hated it. I I really, (laughs) really hated it. But that I think is, intrinsic to trying to be a blogger as a fiction writer because there is there's nothing good to write about your your fiction readers don't care about your writing process the only people who care about your writing process are other writers who are not your readers Ah. Um, and it's just it's a it's a whole thing so it's it's really hard to write as a fiction writer a blog but the great thing is I learned a lot of my mistakes on that old blog and so when I was getting ready to set up this one, you know, I have, I have two kids now and they're in preschool two days a week. Uh, my Both of them are in preschool two days a week and my eldest is in preschool every day or Monday through Friday. And so I have just a little bit more time and space. I'm like, okay, now is the time to get it set up. So I started doing keyword research. I started doing all the different things that I had done so wrong before. And one of the things that I... Like, like my key purpose in starting a blog was to get email subscribers and I want to expand it and monetize it and all that later on. But that is for right now. My goal is to get email subscribers through 
this blog. And I did kind of a soft opening in December and have started then full on in January with uh, two blog posts a week. And they're, they're very detailed. They, they've got a lot of technical information. They've got a lot of like, here's how you can make time to knit and as well as patterns. And I, because getting these email addresses is, is my key focus. I have done two main things that in one month alone allowed me to double my list of emails. Oh, that's awesome. And the first one and the most successful one is to offer PDFs of the free patterns that I am offering. And I think that this could be something that food bloggers could use as well, because it's really convenient for the readers to have those PDFs that they can, uh, a lot of them print them off so that they can carry them around. You know, some, some people might not want to have their, their iPad in the kitchen with them because every time, every time I do, I manage to like splatter it with grease or something. So yes. it's nice to be able to have those printable copies. And so what I do is I offer the, the basic free pattern on my website. And then you can opt into my email list to get some more detailed information as well as a copy of that PDF. And that, I mean, helped me grow. Like the first one that I put out, I got 40 subscribers. Oh, that's awesome. So how do you think this translates to food blogging? Because we can print, or our users can print our recipes straight from the recipe card. So what other types of PDFs do you think would be valuable? Are the are they formatted? Like are they, when they are printed is it just a printed like a plain sheet right it just it comes out on one page usually if everything fits and yeah it's just like instructions so it it is everything okay I think you can make it more visually appealing I think you could use um canva or even pages you can do a lot of like really beautiful document work to to really brand it, to use your colors, your styles, and make it something really beautiful that they're going to want to have this like copy that they it's it's not just the basics, but they get like your vibe coming off of it. And if you can, if there are any extra like hints or tips that you can add in to to give them that more value added, if you can just like keep back just a little nugget of something off of the actual post and then add that into the print off. Cause a lot of times my, my PDFs have like an extra size that you can knit or have something just a little bit more that you can't get from the free copy on the website. I have never thought of this because it's so easy just to have like our recipe cards have a standard print button. It's like, okay, that's all they need, but it is a little extra. I mean, it would be a little extra work but not much once you have a template, right? You could just like plug plug in the information. And if you're giving extra information for each recipe, just communicating that would be something you would need to do. So letting people know, because I think we've educated our users to just use that print button. So we would have to educate about like, okay, here's kind of a different formatted P- PDF with extras, right? Yeah. And I think people could use it to, you know, like start creating their own binder of your recipes and to to have something, you know, 
really beautiful that gives them a sense of you right there in the kitchen. Eblog Talk is here to support you at every stage of your food blogging journey to help you accelerate your blog's growth so you can achieve your freedom. We offer many services that will help get you on the right path no matter where you're at in your journey. Don't forget to check out our free discussion forum at forum.eblogtalk.com. Go there to connect with like-minded peers, to learn and to grow, and to share any wins that you have. Our signature service is our mastermind program. We are currently accepting waitlist submissions for 2024. So if you want to get on the list for this year-long experience starting in January 2024, definitely do that now. If you are not quite ready for that investment, the Mini Minds program might be for you. It is a six-month program that will help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that are holding you back. And if you're up for getting together in person with some like-minded food bloggers, consider coming to one of our in-person retreats in 2023. This is a great way to get to know your fellow food bloggers really well in an intimate setting to learn a ton about food blogging in a short time frame and to eat some delicious food that you will never forget. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services to get all the information about all of our services. We could also put a binder together to start just so people can see it and maybe educate that way. So having like a little video or something on social media, just showing like, here's, you could have this binder too. You need to go here to download the PDFs that would be really cool. I can see like the older an older demographic really liking that because like people my mom's age and up and around where she is, I think they really like having that hard copy, like handwritten just database of recipes that they can flip through. Yeah, absolutely. And you could even include like a like a front page printout, but if they wanted to have something that on the very front of the binder that that was with your name and your logo and your some kind of maybe even a line that they could fill in of, you know, Mia's recipe book or, you know, something like that to, to make it personal and to add that little extra touch. I love that. And this doesn't have to be limited to just recipes. I don't think either. We could find other ways to create these PDFs outside of recipes. I think there's so much that we could think through in food blogging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, so you grew your list really fast. And then have you gotten any feedback about it? Like, oh, I love these. I uh, One of the first things that I asked for is, you know, to respond, how long have you been knitting? And that started a lot of dialogues with different people that it's just been lovely to get to know them. And the people who are who are still following me on Instagram are really excited about the new patterns. And it's actually upped my traffic on Instagram a lot as well because – they're, they're excited to see what I have. Yeah, that's so cool. So you're getting more interest on other platforms. And do you get consistent downloads for those PDFs still? Or was it kind of a, an initial boost? Yeah, I'm still getting consistent downloads. I am still sharing it on a few different locations. Um, there for, for us, there are places. Uh, I, I share it on Pinterest, of course, and I get some regular traffic from that, but there are also other places where you can share those patterns and I get some regular traffic from that as well. Awesome. I love that. I love that you found success with this. And then you have another avenue that you've used too that has been successful. So talk about your videos. So the other thing that I started doing when I was doing all this prep to kind of kick my blog off, I was listening to a lot of podcasts and 
I was was trying to learn some different techniques, things that I hadn't thought of. And it had been a while since I'd blogged, so I knew that a lot of things were, were going to have changed as well. And one of the tips that I absolutely loved was using your video content as an opt-in as well. Um, I had planned on just putting my videos out on my regular post, but this recommended that if you wanted the video, you opt in and then you get a link to a, a page on your website, a separate page on your website, which then has the embedded video and will play. Um, using, uh, mine is locked behind a password that you get when you sign up. And that has not had as much, but still steady signups. So that I was, I was already making these videos anyways. Um, they're posted on YouTube, so you're still getting traffic through that. But you get this additional kind of touch point with somebody to sign up, not just for, for me, it's a, a knitting tutorial, or it's for you, it would be a cooking tutorial or a cooking recipe. And so you see the pictures, the step-by-step pictures. And if that's all you want, that's totally great. It's there for you, like use it. But if you would like that next step of the video, you can sign up. And I've had, I've had a fair number of signups for that as well. Oh, that's so good. There are so many different routes we could go with this. I mean, I'm just thinking through like all of the different kinds of videos we can do. And so tell me about your, you said you put it behind a password. Do you just put them on your site that in some, in a place that's password pr- protected? So I have them each on a separate page right now that is, it's password protected. Um, and it's really nice once I got that first page set up. I just use, I think I have the Happy Clone plugin. So I just duplicate the page and like put my new URL in for for the YouTube video. And so everything is kind of, it's got, each page has got the same password, which makes it really easy on the user, like on the uh, newsletter subscribers. So they're not having to remember a new password for each video that they want to access. But it's really nice this way because it increases my page views because you know, people are clicking through multiple pages to to view this video versus the photo tutorial. And it also, I, I don't fully understand this, so don't 100% take my word on it. But from what I understand, embedded v- videos get some kind of extra juice from YouTube. So these embedded views are then also boosting my views on YouTube. And so people are also finding me on YouTube and then going back to my blog and finding more information. And it, it creates this nice feedback loop. Oh, that's so awesome. Do you have any ideas? Like being outside of the food blogging niche, sometimes I feel like people who are fresh have ideas like, oh, why, you could do this or you could do this. I'm curious if you have any just kind of novel ideas for food bloggers in either the PDF or the video realm. I think maybe like preparation tips, like pre-preparation tips. One of the best things that I've ever learned from a food blogger is to cook up batches, like big batches of shredded chicken. So I I cook them in my crock pot. I shred them with my my KitchenAid mixer. And that has just made my life so much easier because then I put them in the freezer and I can take out, I, I separate them by cups. Um, so then I can just take out a cup of frozen pre-cooked shredded chicken and it makes my dinner prep so much faster in the evening. And I think if there are things like that, that could be shared either via video or PDF, um, that just, that, that make life easier because 
I, I enjoy cooking, but with two preschoolers running around and trying to run a business and, you know, all the things I don't always have a lot of time. So those things that, that save time, that make life easier in the moment, those I would definitely sign up for. Yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be something that we're writing about. We could just pull it out of our existing content, like little, like you said, little tips about the process of making the recipe. And then I just had the thought too, that you could go through your comments and just see what people are asking about the recipe. And if there's anything there that could be expounded upon that you could turn into an either a video or a PDF. I think that would be valuable too. But yeah, what a valuable way to offer content to your user that they're wanting and in return, get their email address. You can just continue to build your business. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, always, always ask your users. I love using Instagram stories and put polls out there all the time. And since I've started doing that, um, I just I just started doing it last summer or fall, and it, it for a a knitting pattern it does take about a six month run up from begin from me beginning oh, right. to actually publishing it. So I'm just starting to see these patterns that people have voted on come out, and they they are selling two three times better than my previous patterns because I know exactly what they want. Because I've asked them and they've told me. Mm. That's so valuable. Yeah, that's powerful. And with food, it doesn't have to be as long of a wait. I can imagine it takes you quite a while to get through creating and all of that. But for yeah, food, we could do that within a few weeks probably. Absolutely. Which which would be even better because, you know, half the time by the time my patterns come out, they've completely forgotten that they've voted on it. Or maybe it's built up excitement. They're like, oh, this I was so excited about it six months ago, and now I'm really excited. So it could go either way, I think. Any other little tips for us as we're thinking through what to create or how to how to deliver it to? Like, do you have any special way to announce it? Do you do like a email series, or how do you like once your pattern is out or your PDF or your video that you've created? How do you deliver it? in a way that's like really exciting? So I, I do a newsletter. I do multiple Instagram and Facebook posts. I do it on Instagram stories as well. I've been experimenting with doing a live on Instagram with mixed results. It's not, it's not been great uh, traffic wise, but the big thing that I started doing last year is I have found different knitting Facebook groups that are not just my Facebook groups. And I have joined them and some of them have different days that you can share on, like about your kind of like self-promotion. But a lot of them are just just knitting groups that you can I, I don't go in there like, here's my link, come to my blog, all, you know, all this kind of stuff. Just like, hey, I'm excited that I finished this new pattern and just, you know, post post a picture of me wearing whatever it is and and just kind of getting in there and and talking to different people I don't just go and drop a post I go in and I I comment on several different things and have started building some relationships there and that's made a, a big difference to my my traffic as well like starting to to be in front of other audiences that are not just my own 
And so I don't, I don't know what the equivalent in food blogging would be. I'm assuming that there are foodie, like foodie Facebook groups and things like that, that you may be able to do something similar and not just like, here's the link to my blog, but more in like, I'm super excited to eat this meal. And then somebody might ask, hey, that looks great. What's the recipe? And then you can share it. But you're only sharing it once somebody's asked for it and you're not pushing it on people. And it kind of forces us, yes, there are groups like that definitely that we utilize. And it forces us also to um, build those relationships like you mentioned. (laughs) That sounds terrible, like if we're being forced to, but it's kind of one of those byproducts that happens that we don't expect. Like, oh, I'm going in here to share my links and to get traffic ultimately. But then what ends up happening is that before we know it, we've actually made some friendships. So it's kind of cool the way that works. Is there anything else, Megan, that we need to know before we start saying goodbye that you feel like we've missed that would be really good to touch on? I don't think so. All right. Well, this was super valuable. And what a new way for us to think around getting our email list built up. I know that as, I mean, there are so many changes always on the blogging front. So as we anticipate what's going to happen, I think the email list is one of those really important things that we need to keep our eyes on. So I think this will be a really valuable episode for a lot of people. So thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with? Yeah, one of my favorites is it's actually on a t-shirt that I, I got as a free promotion ages ago, but it says create every day. And I wear it all the time because I just, I love getting that reminder of, you know, like what we're doing, it's, it's not just work. It's not just, you know, entering things into a database. We are... We are creating, whether that is with knitting or with food or through writing on our blog, we are creating. And and that's, to me, that's really inspiring. I love that. I do it too. Create every day. I am such a creator at heart. And I think it's so important, not just for people like us who label ourselves as creators, but I think it's really important for everybody to just create something every day and put it out into the world I think that is like something that is so overlooked because we get caught up in our busyness, but it's super important. So thank you for that reminder. I love it. We'll put together a show notes page for you, Megan. If you want to go look at those, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash nurture knitwear. And I want to hear where we can find you and where can I learn to knit? (laughs) Tell me that as well. Absolutely. I've been doing some beginner knitting videos on my Instagram. I'm going to also be doing that on my blog coming up very soon. And yeah, come come to my blog, which is on nurtureknitwear.com. You can also find me on Instagram at nurtureknitwear. And I have a Facebook group as well that is great for asking questions and sharing a photo going, something's gone wrong and I don't know what, can you help me? <laughs> and that's facebook.com slash groups slash nurture knitwear. And, and also just ask me, I'm always happy to help people learning how to knit. You're welcome to email me, Megan at nurture And I love helping people learn to knit. It's a, it's a wonderful craft. It can go with you anywhere. And it's, it's like bringing a sense of calm and peace and protection with you like in your purse at all times. So it's a really, really lovely craft. And I, of course, you know, cause I love it. I encourage everybody to learn. Uh, there's something so calming. You're right about just that repetition of creating stitches, right? Like yeah. when I'm crocheting, I feel 
so calm and just then <laughs> I just want to like, I want to do it all the time. It's so calming. So it's I hear you. Very soothing, you know, especially, you know, I've got the, the water on to boil and the kids are running around screaming and I just pull out my knitting and grab a couple of stitches while, while waiting for that water to boil and just go, okay. All right. It's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. I love that you use that. That's awesome. Well, thanks again, Megan, for joining me today. And thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Don't forget to head to forum.eatblogtalk.com to join our free discussion forum and connect with and learn from like-minded peers. I will see you next time. 